0: Chapter eleven of Olga Romanoff By George Griffith. This Librivox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eleven. The Snake in Eden No more perfect place could have been imagined for an exchange of confidences and sympathy between two girls situated as Alma and Isma were, than the oval, daintily cushioned interior of the Signer as Ismer had called her swan proud craft skirting the mountains at a distance of about five hundred yards from them and at a height of about as many feet from the summits of the undulating foothills below the cygna sped quietly along at a speed of some twenty-five miles an hour the temperature of the tropic night was so soft and warm and the air was so dry that it was not even necessary for them to make use of the light wraps that lay in the stern of the boat. Isma reclined in the after-part of the broad, low seat, which ran around the inside, with one hand resting lightly upon a little silver lever, which could be used for working the rudder-fan, in addition to the tiller-ropes, which she held in her hands while standing up. Alma sat almost upright amidships, with one hand clasped on the rail of polished satin wood which ran round the well of the boat, her head turned away from Isma, and her eyes fixed upon two dim points of light far away to the southward, which marked the position of the two moonlit, snowy peaks which guarded the southern confines of the valley. For several minutes they proceeded thus in silence, which neither seemed inclined to break. At length, isma looked up at a planet that was shining redly over the northern mountains and possessed by a sudden inspiration said look alma there is mars returning to our skies yes said alma turning around and gazing from beneath her slightly frowning brows at the ruddy planet it is a fitting time for him to come back now that after all these years of peace and happiness human wickedness and ambition have brought the curse of war back again on earth yes said isma if there were anything in what the old astrologers used to say we could look upon his rising as an omen and yet we have very little reason surely for taking as an emblem of war a world in which wars have been unheard of for thousands of years i wonder when that time will come on earth said alma bitterly if ever it does we terrestrials seem to be too hopelessly wicked and foolish for such wisdom as that Mankind will never have a fairer opportunity of working out its redemption than it had after the terror, and yet here, after four generations of peaceful happiness and prosperity, the wickedness of one woman is able to set the world ablaze again. Our forefathers were wise, but they would have been wiser still if they had stamped that vile brood out utterly. Their evil blood has been the one drop of venom that has poisoned the whole world's cup of happiness." as alma spoke these last words her grey eyes grew dark with sudden passion under her straight drawn brows her breast heaved with the sudden wave of emotion and the sentences came quickly and fiercely from the lips which isma had never heard speak in anger before yes she replied rather sadly than angrily perhaps it would have been better for the world if they had done so or at any rate if they had shut them up for life as they did the criminals and the insane in the middle of the last century but we must remember even in our own sorrow and anger that this olga romanoff is in her way not altogether unlike our own angel was in hers surely you speaking sacrilege now interrupted alma how can the evil be like the good under any circumstances no i'm not said isma with a smile remember how natasha was trained by the master in undying hate of russian tyranny and how she inherited the legacy of revenge from her mother and him no doubt this olga has done the same and she has been taught to look upon us as the terrorists looked upon the tsar and his family we are the descendants of those who flung her ancestor from the throne extinguished his dynasty and sent him to die in siberia i would kill her with my own hand if i could and believe that i was ridding the world of a curse but surely we two daughters of aria are wise enough to be just even to such an enemy as she is but she has done worse than kill us alma almost hissed between her clenched teeth if she had a thousand lives and we took them one by one they would not expediate her crime against us or equal the hopeless misery that she has brought upon us what is mere death the swift transaction from one stage of existence to another compared with the hopeless death in life to which her wanton wickedness has condemned you and me or to the calamities which she has brought upon the world it is nothing i grant you said isma but still i do not agree with you about the hopeless death in life as you call it our present sorrow is great and heavy enough god knows but for me at least it is not hopeless nor will it be for you When the first stress of the storm is over, what do you mean? cried Alma, almost as fiercely as before, and leaning forward and looking through the dusk into her face, as though she had hardly credited her ears. Do you mean to say that either you or I could ever? Yes, said Isma, interrupting her, and speaking now with eager animation. Yes, I mean just what you were going to say, and some day I believe you will think as I do alma shook her head in mournful incredulity and isma noticing the gesture went on yes you will the reason that you do not agree with me now is that yours is a deeper and stronger nature than mine you are like the sea and i am like the lake your grief and anger struck you dumb at first you were in a stupor when i found you on the terrace and now the depths of your nature are broken up and the storm is raging until it is over you will see nothing but your own sorrow and anger. But with me, the storm broke out at once, and I ran to my room and threw myself upon my bed, and sobbed and wailed until my mother thought I was going mad. You have not wept yet, and it will be well for you when you do. Your nature is prouder than mine, and it will take longer to melt, but it must melt some time we are both women after all and then you will see hope through your tears as i did alma shook her head again and said in a low sad steady voice i can never see hope until i can see Allan as he was when he left me and you know that is impossible you will never see him again as he was replied isma gently but that is no reason why you should not see him better than he was. Better? exclaimed Alma, with an involuntary note of scorn in her voice, which brought a quick flush to Isma's cheek, and a flash into her eyes for her brother's sake. Better? How can that be? Just as the man who has fallen and risen again of his own native strength is better and stronger than the man who has never been tempted, replied Isma almost hotly, Remember the lessons we have learned from the people of Mars since we learned to communicate with them. You know how they have gone through civilization after civilization until they have refined everything out of human nature that makes it human except their animal existence and their intellectual faculties. They have no passions and they make no mistakes. What we call love, they call sexual suitability the mechanical arrangement into which they have refined our ruling passion do you remember how almost impossible vasilis after he had perfected the code of signals found it to make even their brightest and most advanced intellects understand the meaning of jealousy the skillfully aimed shot struck home instantly a bright wave of colour swept from alma's throat up to her brow Her eyes shone like two pale fires in the dusk, and her hand grasped the rail on which it was resting, till the bones and sinews stood out distinct in it. She seemed to grasp for breath a moment before she found her voice, but when she spoke, her tone seemed to ring and vibrate like a bell in the sudden strength of her unloosed passion. "'Yes,' she said, "'Yes, you innocent-looking little Isma.' You are wiser than I am after all. I did not know the meaning of that word, till Olga's letter fell from the sky. But I know it now. My God, how I hate that woman. She is not a woman, replied Isma, speaking in the unconscious pride of her pure descent. She is a base-born animal, for she has used her beauty for the vilest ends. "'Yes, I am glad to hear you say that you hate her for Alan's sake, as I do, and, and for Alexei's. "'While you can hate, you can love, and some day you will love Alan, the real Alan, not your ideal lover. "'All the better, because you have hated Olga for his sake.' "'What?' almost wailed Alma in the intensity of her anger and misery after he has held her in his arms after his lips have kissed hers after yes even after that when your first bitterness has passed as mine has you will be more just and remember the influence under which he did so if he did do you hold yourself responsible for what you think or do in your dreams or do you not believe what Allan said in his letter about the drug you know too much about chemistry not to know that such horrible poisons have existed for centuries yes i know that and i know that he has no share in the moral guilt but how can i ever forget he has been what those cruel words of olga told us she had made of him replied alma her face growing cold and hard again as she spoke alma said isma with gentle dignity yet with a note of keen reproach in her voice. Surely you are forgetting that you are speaking of my brother as well as of your lover. No, I am not angry, for I am too sad myself not to understand your sorrow. But I want you to remember that I, who have lost both a lover and a brother, am asking you to be patient and to hope with me. We have never seen Alan and Alexis as they are, we only remember them as two handsome boys who had never seen or known evil when we meet them again as i firmly believe we shall they will be men who have passed through the fire for if they do not pass through it and come out stronger and better than they were rest assured we shall never meet on earth again alan would no more come to you now than you would go to him when he believes himself worthy of you, he will come for you, as Alexis will come for me, and then. She stopped short in her eloquent pleading, for Alma, at last melted and overcome by her sweet unselfishness and loving logic, had felt the springs of her own woman's nature unloosed, and with a low wailing cry had sunk down upon the cushions towards her, and was sobbing out her sorrow on her lap isma said nothing more for her end was achieved she laid her left hand caressingly on alma's hair and with her right she pulled the steering lever back and swung the stigma round until her prow pointed towards home again when they reached the villa they found the president's private yacht resting on the terrace for alan's father and mother had come over after the council meeting to discuss with alma's parents the more intimate family aspect of the strange events which had cleared up in such terrible fashion the mystery which had so long shrouded the fate of the sons of the two families in area so revolting was the idea of their mental servitude to such an enemy of the human race as they could not but believe Olga Romanov to be and so frightful were the consequences that must infallibly befall humanity in consequence of it that their parents would rather have known them dead than living under such degrading circumstances to the Aryans, far advanced as they were beyond the standards of the present day both in religion and philosophy the conception of death was one which included no terrors and no more regret than was natural and common to all humanity at parting with a kinsman or a friend as they were destined to prove when face to face with a crisis unparalleled in the history of humanity, they regarded death merely as a natural and necessary transition from one state of existence to another, which would be higher or lower according to the preponderance of good or evil done in this life. If therefore the parents and kinsmen of those who were now exiles and wanderers upon the ocean wastes could have chosen, they would infinitely rather have known that alan and alexis had shared the fate of their companions in the norwegian snowdrift than they would have learnt that for six years they had been the slaves and playthings of a woman who as they guessed from alan's letter combined the ambition of a seriramis with the vices of a messalina and who had used their skill and knowledge which they had acquired and inherited as princes of the air with the avowed purpose of subverting the dominion of Area, and doing all that their ancestors had done, and bringing back the evil era of strife, bloodshed, and political slavery. So too with Alma. As she had told Isma, she would a thousand times rather have seen her lover dead, than degraded to such base uses, although she, like everyone else in Area admitted that the strange circumstances absolved both alan and alexis from all moral blame and responsibility she in common with her own father and mother and perhaps also with others not less intimately concerned found it impossible to forget or ignore the taint of such an association and to look upon it as a stain that might never be washed away Indeed the only member of the family council who openly proclaimed her belief that the two exiles would if ever they returned come back to area better and stronger men than those who had known no evil was isma who repeated with all the winning eloquence at her command all the arguments that she had used to alma during their cruise together whether alma and the others would ever come round to her view could of course only be proved by time but it is nevertheless certain that when the family council at last separated the hearts of its members were less sore than they would have been had allan and alexis not possessed such an advocate as the girl who had so good a double reason for pleading their causes End of chapter 11.